UFC 265 strutted, fretted, and will be heard no more. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point. Let's do an autopsy to see if it was full of sound and fury. The UFC's second trip to H-Town this pandemic saw 13 fights with 4 KOTKOs, 3 subs, 6 decisions, 5 uni 1 split, and 2 hours, 25 minutes, 43 seconds of cage time. Favorites cleaned up at betonline.ag, 8 saw wins, there were 4 dogs victorious and a pick'em. Big money if you put a Benjamin on Vicente Luque subbing Michael Chiesa in the first round at betonline.ag, you'd have scored 16 hundo in return. Cyril Gaon earned the 20th UFC interim title when he TKO'd Derek Lewis in the third round of the main event. Gaon has outstruck his 7 UFC opponents more than than two to one combined. If he fights Francis Ngannou, it will be the fourth heavyweight championship unification bout. Jose Aldo landed 114 significant strikes, the most of his career, in a decision win over Pedro Munoz. The only fight that came close was his second featherweight title defense against Chad Mendez, and that was a five-rounder. Vicente Luque, who I mentioned earlier, scored his fourth UFC Darce choke, earning him our DRC award. Tisha Torres now has two decision wins over Angela Hill with the exact same score of 30-27, 30-27, and 29-28. Both were main card fights and featured a heavyweight title fight headliner that ended in the third round, earning Tisha our Deja Vu Award. And finally, Song Yadong defeated Casey Kenny via split decision. He only has a single loss in eight UFC bouts going back to 2017. But the stats can only tell us so much. Let's dive deeper. Hey, what's up, guys? Jason here with the before and after. And there's pretty much nowhere else to start that makes sense more than just going right for the main event. Everything around this card has been underneath the shadow of Francis Ngannou, being one of the most controversial interim title fights ever, in my opinion, the most controversial. Dana had a fairly humorous reaction to the fan and media pushback, though. That so, is pretty exciting. Why doesn't everybody just shut the fuck up <laughs> and let me do what I've been doing for the last 20 years? I actually found an old interview of him going on about criteria for these interim belts a couple of years back, and he definitely didn't follow that in this fight. It's all based on who's healthy, who's ready to go, and who's not. If you can't go next, it means you're out and somebody else goes next. I think that's the criteria. I think the most baffling thing he said in the lead up to this fight is comparing these belts to the glory days of boxing. It's like the old days of the IBF versus the WBC champion and you unify the belt. That's exactly how I look at it. On face value, that's just a silly claim and it's been one of the most obvious criticisms of boxing. Way too many belts. There's actually a great documentary called Counterpunch that breaks this down perfectly, even from a boxing fan's perspective. In boxing's heyday, there were only eight weight classes, each with one undisputed champion. Now, there are 17 weight classes, each with an upwards of four different champions. The values of all those belts have dwindled. To Cyril Gaon's credit, he went directly into this fight with all of that in mind, seeing it as a number one contender fight instead from the beginning. Same, same. The champion is Francis, 100%. This is just the ticket to be uh, to be the contender. Lewis, on the other hand, I think the most important thing to talk about is just how much pressure he expressed fighting for the title in his hometown. And, and apparently one of the guys was saying that I had said that he was a boring fighter. I don't ever remember saying that. Yeah, so in fairness, Dana never actually said that Gon was a boring fighter, but he basically implied it after the Rosenstruck fight. He's talking about Cyril being this big contender, but look what Francis Ngannou did to Jarzinho. He said this was his coming out party and his chance to show the world who he is. He won, but let's leave it at that. He won. <laughs> yeah, listen, when, when you start getting sucked into listening to people talk about, oh, you're boring and you're this and that, 
you got to tune that shit out and fight your style and fight the way that you fight. The guy couldn't have shined any more than he did tonight. Lewis, on the other hand, I think the most important thing to talk about is just how much pressure he expressed fighting for the title in his hometown. I don't want to fight in my hometown, especially the main event again in my hometown. Uh, I thought it would be cool, but nah. It's a lot of pressure. He also made headlines for calling Gon a boring fighter leading up to this one, but at least his prediction ended up coming true. He is a boring fighter. He likes to um, sit back and do a lot of leg kicks and stuff like that, but I really want to have an exciting fight here in my hometown. And yeah, he got that one really good line in. You're going to have to excuse my French, but fuck you and fuck him. As for Gon, he is of course focused on the title. Oh yes, 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 I'm excited, but not too much. I don't know why. Maybe because um, there are no, an, an, another challenge uh, waiting for me. And Dana is just not ready to commit to any kind of booking yet. Do I ever know the night of the fight when that fight will happen? Sometimes, or every now and then. Never. I never know. It looks like Aldo is eyeing a fight with Dillashaw. Uh, thinking about December, yeah, I really want to wait this year. And uh, TJ Dillashaw, we really want to fight him. Uh, and I think it'll be a great fight, and we're both ready for it. I myself like Sandhagen since Aldo's title bid didn't go so well only about a year ago. Uh, horrible, horrible stoppage by the referee. Should have been stopped way sooner. Feels like another top contender makes sense before jumping right into a title eliminator so soon, but let me know what you all think about that. Another topic that's been coming up quite a lot is which is the most stacked division in the UFC. It seems like Jose is saying that about 135, potentially. Yes, that's the best way division for me. Then I always told me that I should be fighting 135, but I, I thought at that time I would never be able to make it, but yeah, it's the best way to be. Hmm, I think this might just be giving me a video idea. Tell me which weight class you think is the most stacked in your opinion. Vicente Luque was exactly on brand according to his own prediction. I try to finish every single fight. I think I've only one of my wins wasn't by finish, so that's what I'm going to do Saturday night. That's what I'm going to do every single fight I get in there. Tonight, not only did he beat Michael Chiesa, so you can't talk about all the top guys in the world without talking about Luque now. Oh, and how about that heat paying off for Tisha Torres? So she's a great fighter, but do I think she's at my level? No. Wherever the fight goes, standing, ground, wrestling, I'm going to dominate. I don't know if it's love, though. Like, the whole scary thing I get, but you talking pre-Usado, I beat you? Like, that's some bullshit there. Anyhow, that's it for me, guys. On to the rest. Now that we've given the card a thorough examination, it's time for a final analysis. With as controversial as the main event was with its interim title on the line, number three Cyril Gaon did exactly what he needed to do in the cage. The victory was nearly flawless in his first ever pay-per-view headliner. He presents some unique problems for the champ. There's history between them as former teammates, and he left no doubt he's the number one guy at heavyweight right now. Even more so, proving that the belt that came with his win was a moot point. Jose Aldo put on a boxing clinic, and now the King of Rio is really swimming with sharks in that bantamweight top five. It's unclear where he fits in as the spot feels miles away from the top four, but we might soon find out. Vicente Luque had a notable win. That submission over Chiesa was both unexpected and one of those moments that felt like the transition from top 10 talent to title contender. Obviously, welterweight has a lot of strong fighters at the top, but Luque just put his name in Kamaru Usman's hat. All in all, it wasn't a bad night of fighting in South Texas and some key matchups were had. It certainly didn't feel like a card of any historical value, but will likely be remembered for the heavyweight title mess that preceded it. Hey, 266 is looking nice though. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.